I'm Kelly Harrell, author, modern animist, and creator of The Weekly Rune. Solentin Arts is my soul-tending practice, and you're listening to What in the Weird, my podcast in which I talk about runes, animism, soul-tending, and how each of those intersects through sacred activism on my path. The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a runecast that I've done for years focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. You can find the archive of all of the runecasts on my site, solentinarts.com, and if you're not sure what a half-month is, listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the weekly rune at Solentin Arts. It's explained at the beginning of every runecast. I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the RuneCast and this podcast possible with their financial support. If you'd like to support the Weekly Rune, you get access to the full RuneCast, no ads, more details on the RuneCast, weekly prompts for engaging the half-month rune in your personal work, and a Galder recording for how to work with the Weekly RuneCast through chanting. You can contribute as little or as much as you'd like, and the rewards scale according to what you'd like to receive. And if you don't want any rewards, you just want to show your support, you're welcome to do that. Go to patreon.com and search for The Weekly Rune. You can also subscribe to the free version of The Weekly Rune by going to soulintentarts.com. And thank you so much for doing that. Ollie's remains the half-month rune this week, and you can read all about its influence on the weekly rune at solentinarts.com. It's all about connecting with your nature allies, immediate nature space, shape-shifting, all in the name of protection. And what I want to focus on in this episode is the refining component that Ewas brings in which is to always go deeper with whatever dynamic is at hand. And the angle I'm talking about with Ewas today is not canon, or or is it? I wouldn't project, though I take full responsibility for the spin that I'm bringing today. And that radical spin is that Ewas is a rebel rune. And combined with the potency of Alyes this week, it's a dangerous to the administration rune a threat to the order of things rune. Why? You know, it's not the game-changing survival rune of Tiwaz. It's not the unknown rug puller out from underer that is Awaz, Hagalaz, or Thurisaz. No, it, it isn't any of those. It isn't classically considered one of the change runes. But I posit that it is quite possibly the single most rebellious rune you can work with. And I hope to focus your thoughts around why that is in this episode. The entire focus of my work on Patreon at this point is to create an understanding of the runes and rune lore as sacred activism. But what does that mean? Sacred activism is taking your committed spiritual truths and living them in such a way that you leave the world better than you found it. It's not just about you. And that's my definition anyway. It's not just about you. It's specifically reclaiming animistic living to heal ancestral wounds 
bless the descendants, and become a good ancestor myself. So how does Elwes fit in that progression? Elwes is the animistic rune. You can make the argument that they all are, or I can anyway. But for me, it stands out in particular as the animistic rune, the rune that ties us deeply into our immediate nature spirits and challenges us to go deeper with them. It seems like a really straightforward thing because at some level, we animists all have this desire to step deeper into our spiritual and nature spirit studies, but we don't have the skills necessarily to do that at an informed level. And yet not having those skills doesn't stop the yearning. It doesn't stop the delving, which sometimes really is dabbling, and that can cause problems. Let's be real. The reason that I am where I am on my path today is because I dabbled. I cobbled these bits and pieces of calling and wisdom and bullshit and sacred truth and weird voices in my head into a teaching that's brought me almost 30 years into a lived experience of animism, death walking, shamanism, soul tending. But the reason that I had to do it that way, that piecemeal way, was because we had no elders to give guidance on what the voices in my head were saying for the experiences that I was having with the dead, with the trees, the bees, my own soul aspects, and with the runes. And we don't have to do it that way anymore. We don't have to fumble in the dark anymore. And because I'm saying that doesn't mean that suddenly I know everything or that any of my contemporaries do or that the eons lack of fit spiritual leadership as animists is suddenly all healed. No, we still don't have elders of an unbroken tradition, but we're never going to. And that's part of the wound we have to face. You know, in order to be a fit rebel, to be a fit ancestor, we have to face that that part of it, that, that wound is done. And we're never going to have that unbroken tradition. We're so far past that now. And we have to be able to work with the teachers we have who have stood their ground on their paths, with the people that have devoted their lives to their path and can impart grounded wisdom on how to hold that space as an animist and cope with the changes of modern life. It's a start, and we have to rally behind it. We have to, or nothing will ever change. It will break continuously. We will always be starting at zero with every new generation. And we know what that looks like. It's the price that we're paying now. So, Ewas means going into the other worlds to learn the spiritual sources or implications of an earthly dynamic or being. And I want to be very granular about what I mean here. Ewas as the horse, as the human philia, as uh, Slepnir, the eight-legged steed that Odin rode on the Yggdrasil to bring back the way for the runes to be instilled in humanity's consciousness. This is Ewas. This is big shit. And it's deeply rooted 
in the Midgard experience of soul, which would be the earth spirit, the, the middle realm, as some people would call it. It's not the way out, heavenly, spacey, transpersonal experience. And it's also not this fantasy Arthurian earth immersion. It's what's right in front of you. Or as I say to students and initiates in my long-term program, it's the nature spirits that you walk among to check the mail every day. And I'm really careful to say walk among, not through or with, because we don't just pass through space ever. We don't just coexist. We are that space. We are those beings because we are connected to all things. We don't just live or act like it though. That, that's the problem. We don't have an active living experience of animism to draw on and that's what has to change. That is the deep rebellion of Ewas. So why don't we honor the spirituality of what's right in front of us over some disillusioned space fantasy of heaven or an obsession with an earth-based ideal? Why don't we readily support the skills for immediate direct nature relationship? Why have we been conditioned to believe that we have to forget that connection through some other intermediary, that we have to sacrifice that personal connection to some other inter intermediary? And why is it that we can't accomplish that with finesse and high skills on our own? I mean, what's the threat to the system that would be revealed if we did each cultivate our own relationship to our immediate animistic community? Hmm. Last year, I wrote an essay on this, not the Ewas part, but the why we're cut off from animism part. And the essay was called Modern Shamanism, the Middle World and Ego. I know, I can't even tell you how it pained me to string those words together in the same sentence, but I had to write it that way. I had to write it so that people would listen, because they're not going to listen to animism, colonization, and the loss of ourselves. But that's what Ewas is about now. It is what it originally pointed to. It is about the horse. It is about the human relationship to the horse as the vehicle that takes us deeper. But that is the part that we have to hold on to and understand how it applies to us now because we lost the horse. We lost the relationship to our innate ability to go deeper as animists. And so much of what we know about the runes really already is from the rearview mirror, from manuscripts that were written by already Christianizing cultures. So really, even then, Ewas was already becoming about the loss of animism and the nature spirits of Western and Northern Europe, even when those documents were written. It was already telling us to honor and reclaim lost relationships to ancestral lands, which are the nature spirits, which are animism. The loss of our ability to instinctively connect with nature spirits and have that connection reinforced by our community and fit schooled elders 
is the wound at the heart of modern life. Even if you're not of European descent, even if your ancestors were taken from their generational nature spirits, even if your ancestral lands, thus nature spirits, were usurped by colonizers, that wound is the loss of animism. And I don't pretend that that wound is the same for all of us, for all people. It absolutely is not. And it is perpetuated in different ways for different people now. And I do want to point out that even the word animism is a white people's word. For traditional, for indigenous cultures who have the perspective that everything is connected, has agency, and, and we can go deeper in that relationship, they just call it tradition. We don't have a word for that in modern Western language. The closest word we have is animism. Keep in mind that however we got here, however we came to this loss of animism, perhaps tradition, the outcome of that loss has traumatized us all. That's why your commitment to reclaim your personal, direct, immediate relationship to the nature spirits of the land, of your ancestral lands, if possible, to truly live going deeper through Ewa's is the most rebellious act you can take to create sacred activism. Your effort to live in a more animistic way is how we understand the scope and need for Ewa's in a modern time. And our ability to see how it fits into the current dynamic we live in, how it's still relevant, how it's useful, that is how we bring the runes to our descendants. It is the runes as sacred activism. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights about working the runes in season, or you just need a cheerleader, feel free to email me at kelly at solentonarts.com. Or you can call in through the Anchor app, which is how I record What in the Weird. And you can download Anchor on Android or iPhone. Also, check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and all those other platforms for podcasts. If you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of other lovely ladies, Brandis Schnabel and Janet Roper, which is also on Anchor. And other podcasts you may enjoy are Around Grandfather Fire, hosted by James Stovall and Sarah Odinson, and Why Shamanism Now, hosted by Christina Pratt. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting solentonarts.com. And I'm most active on social media at Instagram at Kelly Soul Arts. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird. <laughs>